Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday. It's 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for the Relic Grind, our Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast. And today we're not going to talk about anything Final Fantasy XIV related. As we talked about last week, it's Dawn of Heroes time, baby, for Final Fantasy trading card game. The set officially coming out tomorrow. Bunch of you bastards illegally cracking packs today because you know people the stores. You got inside people. I'm Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man, your host. As always, this is episode 112. We love having you here live in chat Thursdays, 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're listening on Audible, iTunes, any of the podcast platforms or watching on YouTube, very much appreciate it. Thank you. While you're there, give it a like, a thumbs up, a subscribe, all that fun stuff that feeds the algorithms. But most importantly, if you like what we do here, tell a friend. It's easy, fast, and in fact, it's uh, cheap. Costs nothing. Nice way to support us. Head over to readycheckradio.com. All the socials are in the upper right-hand corner and the backlog of our episodes. I've got some special hosts with me today to talk about our legends in the Opus 20, quote-unquote, Dawn of Heroes Final Fantasy TCG set. First, joining me, you know him, you love him, the bonus burst himself, Mr. Travis Pfeiffer of the Rood Rose. What's up, Travis? bonus burst. Thank you for that wonderful intro. Every hey, time I hear it, I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's a funny thing. Like, if you watch that back, I'm sure the person who is getting the burst is like, yes, I love it. And the person's like, oh, my God, I had another one. Yep, yep. How are you, my friend? Welcome. We've had you here well. before. Now you're back. I am, yeah. And I had you on my show finally. That was great. Nice little crossover. Yeah. The crossover project. We got, like, Fortnite collabs going on. on right, yeah. show. Like, <laughs> we just got all kinds of collabs. Because also on the line... Mr. Dylan, the villain, Camacho. <laughs> What's yeah, up, sir? I see. It doesn't make sense, but it makes dime. What's up, everybody? How uh, are you, my friend? I'm doing good. We mentioned uh, cheap and free advertising and cheap and free, and that's what I like to be. So here mm-hmm. I am. I can't wait to give some. Um, I don't even know if they're going to be spicy opinions. I think I'm. I think I'm probably in the majority with a lot of people on these legends, but I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, it is. It, it is a weird set. It, I, I found a lot of our locals are like, "This is a very cool set," and and I kind of agree. This is a very cool set for modifying the current meta, yeah. not necessarily mm-hmm. shaking it up, not necessarily introducing anything that's going to wildly become meta that wasn't before, or wildly take something out of the meta that was. Maybe a bit of reshuffling, right? You were third, now you're second. You were fifth, now you're fourth. You were fourth, now you're fifth. That kind of like power ranking shuffle. But there's a little bit of something for a lot of different decks in here. Now, we're just going to review the legends themselves today, as is our tradition here on the show. But both of these gentlemen, these fine gentlemen do a number of different content things, including looking at sets. Travis, you just put yours up, which is literally a multi-video full set review, as you always do with Eureka. How's, how, how was that uh, oh, received? Oh, it's great. Let's get some oh, people over to the YouTube channel to watch it. Yeah, if you haven't checked it out, feel free to. Uh, I love having Eureka on one because he lives in Japan, and in Japan, they tend to play a lot more L3 and L6. 
So whereas I can't really give a lot of insight into those, I can just guess he can say, hey, you know, in L3, this one's going to be really good, even if it's not good in standard. So I always have a blast doing those with him. He's also a very smart player and, you know, he play, he writes for Crystarium, so he also really knows what he's talking about. So great guest to have on. It's always one of my favorite videos to do every set, other than the fact that I have to stay up super late for scheduling purposes right. since he does live across the ocean. Yeah, and he does always bring that, like, the L3, L6 mentality, which I always, I'm going to be honest, I forget that's a formats most of the time. I'm like, <laughs> oh, L6, yeah, yeah, they do. I guess they do do that somewhere. <laughs> I guess they do play that somewhere. He, I think it was one of your videos I was watching, and, your, and um, the, the crystal generating backups, you know, came mm -hmm. up, and you just, like, briefly said, yeah, you know, it's a reprint, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, well, yeah, there's a few things that use crystals. And then he was like, yeah, they're about to rotate out of L6. And I was like, oh, shit, he's right. They are oh, about yeah. to rotate out of L6. So they had to reprint them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But Dylan, you also got some content headed up. Where can people see that? All the type of stuff yeah. you do, the podcasting, the event reports is kind of one of your favorite things on your channel. Yeah, yeah, I love talking about how I lose at tournaments and don't get the invite. Yeah, you can catch that at the FN podcast, uh, just the letters FN and then space podcast with that. Uh, I, I, The one thing I can provide is my experience, and I've been going to every material cup except San Diego. I'll be at Portland, and uh, we will be at Canton, so I've actually yeah. got a, a store championships. Um, August 12th some more creative stuff along the way. I've got some, uh, you know, some people, not everybody, but some people really liked my top sexy review cards from Opus 19. May or may not have another one coming out for Opus 20. Stay tuned. There are some sexy ones in this set. Yeah. The yeah. abilities may not be great, but there are some sexy cards. There are mm -hmm. some sexy cards. We take the art. We, we take the art. Uh, there. I think without further ado, gentlemen, we just get started and jump right in. We'll take them in the uh, elemental slash numerical order they come. So let's start with a seven drop fire forward at 9K, the demon. Uh, warring triad job when the demon enters the field or attacks, select one of the three following actions. Choose a forward, remove all the cards in your opponent's break zone from the game, and deal that forward 1K damage for each card removed by the effect. Name an element, deal 7,000 damage to all the forwards of the named element, or name a job and deal 8,000 damage to all the forwards of the named job. Warring Triad going to be something that comes up a few times as we talk through here, uh, through some of the legends, but let's start with you, Mr. Dylan, being the first time on the show. Your initial thoughts here of the demon. Yeah, this is um, this is a hot thing of porridge, guys. Uh, this card comes out and says, "I'm gonna find a way to kill you." Yeah, effectively. Um, I think this card's super, super good. I don't think that's anybody's surprise that we have a seven CP thing that successfully board wipes or kills one or many things. Um, category six is a very important little uh, category to be in as of late because it seems like that's wildly popular. I think my big thing of this card, though, is as good as it is, it can tag your homies. So when you say element, and if you have fire, you're dealing 8K, or sorry, 7K, to all of the elements of that, uh, all the forwards of that element. And I sincerely cannot wait for somebody to blow up their own board with it and construct it. That is going to be my favorite moment. So beware of that. You're watching this channel. You now know. Don't blow your own stuff up. Yeah, it does have definitely, Travis, like shades of Titan, right? Mm -hmm. you doing the whole, hey, damage everything below Titan's power. It doesn't matter whose side of the board it's on. It's break zone effect 
kind of a nifty one when you think about it because it's not generally one you see in the fire element is having some break zone hate. So yeah, you definitely are probably using this to get rid of a big threat if that's the mode you choose. But if you choose that mode, I have to think in most cases, it's because you saw a spicy water break zone with a couple leviathans in it. And you just don't want to deal with that crap later. Let's go ahead and just murk it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, so we're starting off strong. Uh, in my opinion, this is the best legend in the set. So Ooh, I think we're starting with the very best. Right. I've gotten to test this one. Uh, it does go in the six package, which it didn't even have to. Of, of course, it makes sense given the character it is, but it would have just been great outside of this. It's just, it's so versatile. And when I saw this, this wasn't spoiled ahead of the set release. So when I saw it, I was like... Oh my goodness, like I can't praise this card enough. The art is gorgeous with him holding the energy and he's holding the staff. Like it looks and it's just so so I played this against Scions and legit it just says, okay, kill every Scion on the board. Because you just name Job Scion or you name right. Avalanche or you name whoever. Or like you said, okay, actually I don't need to hit the whole board. I just need to hit that thing. Or you know what? I don't even necessarily need to kill the thing. I just need to get rid of the break zone. Yeah. It does it like it would have been strong on entry, but to do it on entry and, and on attack, attack every turn and and again, in six, you have a backup like Interceptor, which can give a card like this haste. Like, I, I just, I've loved it every time I've played with it. Every time I've tried it, not once have I felt like, oh man, I had to pay seven CP for this. It's always like, yeah, I had to pay seven, but I'm just crushing my opponent afterwards. Like, I can't praise this card enough. It's yeah. The uh, best legend of the Mike set. Mike Pettison uh, in chat talking, saying, how, real question, like, real talk, how is this not a full art? I know uh, the art's like, so good. How is this not one of the full arts? I got to say, what scares me about this card, right, is, uh, and Dylan, you're right here with me, right? We only have a couple tournaments left, a couple chances to try and qualify for Nats. Those tournaments, the ones we're going to on August 12th, and then uh, you're going to Portland on the 19th, those are really the first events where Opus 20 is legal, like the first official events. There are some events this upcoming week, or no, August 5th. Opus 20, not legal for those yet, though. Mm -hmm. uh, August 12th is the first uh, two, two events on that day where this is legal. And we're in that like testing mode, right? Like not only do we wanna test these cards and mess with the ones we think could be good or the ones we just wanna have fun with, is August 5th gonna have Opus 20 in Seattle? Uh, technically it shouldn't. shouldn't <laughs> it sh the rules. Technically it shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> two weeks for <laughs> official events. Uh, anyway, I won't be there, so I don't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The thing that scares me the most about this is it's not a lot of time for a meta read. This card, you've already mentioned six and and, and everything um, and how it can be powerful in there, Travis. I think 13 looks at this card too. Cat 13 honestly takes a look at this card for those, you know what, I'm gonna get three to four damage, then I'm gonna get board cleared, then I'm gonna have to hunt and peck those two or draw and pass two or three times to reload for a full push. And you know what? This gets an awful lot of crap out of that way, out of the way to swing for six. It's kind of mm -hmm. like, hmm, now I have to hold, you know, Amats and answers to lightning and try and hold some more of those for when this thing pops on the field. I think it is a strong maybe tech into that 13 deck. Could be. So, Mike, are you saying that the demon is just seven CP Shantoto, but aggressive? <laughs> but can swing? 
<laughs> yes. Ooh, that sounds that doesn't sound good for the health of this game. 13? That deck doesn't need any extra nah. anger. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Travis, I mean, if it's your favorite, I, I I assume you're giving this one a 10 out of 10. Oh yeah. Full 10, absolutely. Full out of 10. What do you what are you giving it, uh, Dylan? Uh I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten, and here's why. Um it's not busty, it's not particularly sexy, but it is very good art. But yeah, I'm just gonna knock it. It can't just be a perfect ten unless I'm just like not slightly aroused by it. Although that text, <laughs> mm. yeah, I think I'm with you, Dylan. I think I give it a nine. Uh, I'm not sure what I would need to give it a ten, though, if I'm being honest. Like I could go. I love. I do love the art. I would actually like it a little more zoomed in on the character. Uh, yeah, we got quite a bit of fluff on the periphery there. But uh, yeah, as far as the effect in the element in particular, not an element known for a lot of break zone hate without teching in Earth. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I may even go nine five, nine point five. It's mm. it's hard to like it, and it feels like it's almost undercosted. Now that's with very early testing. Like I have not felt sure. bad hard paying seven for this. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think maybe it's slightly undercosted, but more testing will will bear that out. We'll see what happens on that front. Uh, next up, fires Zach five drop forward nine k as well. Soldier job cat seven obviously. When Zach attacks, <laughs> when Zach mm. attacks, uh, choose one forward opponent controls. Deal it five k for each job soldier you control. When Zach leaves the field, you can search for a cat seven forward of cost four or less. Play it onto the field, and then we got a special for a Zach discard fire and dull. Crack seven k damage to all the forwards opponent controls. So a one sided swipe of the board. Travis, I, I just gotta ask, man. Why does Hobby Japan hate Zack? Like, just, why do they hate Zack? Many moons ago, Zack broke into their home and stole, you know, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, he always seems to have just, like, a lot of conditions, right? He never has just a generic, hey, just do this thing, Zack. He has these conditions on him. And I've seen, I haven't tested this one myself. I've seen a few people use it, and it was just kind of unimpressive like the soldier is just not a very well supported category yeah there are a few backups you could put down so that he hits 10k and if he did it on entry i think i'd like it way better but the fact that he still has to sit there a whole turn and attack is just i don't know i'm not feeling it as much now obviously his leave the field effect is quite good as you just search out any seven and you will see this pop up in uh people who use what they call cloud pod yep because that deck's all about sacrificing forward so there he's going to be great Beyond that, I just, especially with a card like the Demon we just saw, and Fire is not lacking for ping damage. Like, I, we just got Ace, who costs one, who does 10k automatically every time he attacks. Like, I, I just don't think ping-wise, Fire really needs this. So, other than Cloud Pod, I don't see this one showing up much. And it, yeah, they It just is don't five, like so it does give you a little more flexibility at the five spot in a Cloud Pod Ooh. deck for having your initial sacrifice target to go get a six cost. Uh, which ultimate, which you know, now turns on some other cards that maybe were a little tougher to get into a cloud pod match. Not saying they were extremely hard; you could do it, but this maybe gives you a little flexibility. Dylan, I love the special. It's just that that is very clean cut, right? Crack everything with seven k, uh, but it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, a five drop nine k. 
that has that special, which honestly, while I like it, it's not going to be a board clear in most realistic playing conditions uh, since it is capped at the 7K. It is nice for getting like punk things out and cat again, cat 13, right? Provided there isn't a fang on board, this is going to sweep up most of the board and leave a hope, which you probably didn't want to kill and give them a search anyway. So I I could see like these odd little spots for it. I love its enter the break zone effect. I I hate it that it does nothing on entry and it feels bulky and heavy for doing nothing on entry unless I'm going to follow up with some of the other cat seven stuff and give it haste maybe. Yeah, the, the any special ability that has a dull on it immediately loses my interest very quickly, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, if you're not doing something amazing when you come in... You better be able to if I need you to. <laughs> yes, and that's going to be a, a point of reference I will use for some of my thoughts on, a, on another legend that we'll get to soon enough. But, you know, I, I look at this card and it, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, you want me to play Cloud then, right? And I'm like, I kind of want other clouds I want to be playing yep. if I'm you know, getting Zach to leave. So it's like, okay, so you want me to play a restrictor then? Okay. Um, but that's Fire Lightning without playing 13. That feels bad. There's yeah. a reason why that's the only, like, deck of that Yeah, element. somebody in the locals was like, well, you run Soldier. And I was like, yeah, in my Ice Lightning. Yes. Yeah, like, I don't, I, I'm not running Fire Lightning unless it's to jam Yishtola down your throat for the sixth point of damage in a Cat 13 mm-hmm. deck. Like, I'm just, there is no fire lightning right now. That might change in this meta a little bit. Monsters, I think, really do some challenging things in this meta for the current meta to deal with, but I think that'll take a little longer than a couple of weeks to sort out. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him at, like, a five. Um, <laughs> there's better Zacks, I think, if you can believe that. <laughs> and there's... No, there's not. Don't lie. <laughs> And there's certainly just better cards that do any of these types of things. Even if you're looking for the free play on break, Travis, that you pointed out, hey, that's decent, and it is, but there's just cheaper ways to do that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll echo you with the five. I'll I'll match his cost. And the thing is, too, it's clearly great in Cloud Pod, but... Like, it's, if Cloud Pod is allowed to do its thing, it was already running you over. It's not like, well, it needs this card to be good. Like, that deck has always been, does the Cloud live and I get to start doing the chain? Okay, I've already beat you. Or, no, it doesn't. Okay, then I've lost. So th- this doesn't, it just, it's a, what, what do they call that? It's a win more, right? You were already beating him down with the Cloud Pod. This will just let you beat him down even further. So I'll give a five to match his cost. Dylan? Yeah, I'm not even going to be that generous. I'm going to give it a very sturdy three. This feels like... You know when you think back and how there's always like one really good rare in the set, like Porum was an Opus Nine with that yeah. summon. This doesn't even get to that levels, and this is like eleven Opuses later. This is just not good. So I'm gonna give it a three. Don't yeah, it's a it's a tough sell. It's a it discards for CP though. Uh, yeah. Next up, we've got Ice Rufus. Now, Rufus was actually spoiled as a card of the week with Reno and Rude as kind of a trifecta spoiler, which was pretty cool, actually. Uh, four drop, 7K, so a little tad below curve on straight power, but let's see what the president of Shinra is bringing to the table here. If you have a card name Rude and Reno in your break zone, the cost required to cast Rufus uh, is reduced by two. Okay, all of a sudden, 7K is above curve now. 
When Rufus enters the field or attacks, select one of the three following actions. Choose a forward, dull, and freeze it. Choose one job, member of the Turks in your break zone. Pop that bad boy in your hand. Or make your opponent discard one card. One card. That is an awful lot of text for a searchable card that makes that does have a discount and plays nicely with other friends. But is it good, Dylan? I mean, immediately from the effects, it screams um, Physalis uh, to me, the 5 CP Physalis. It comes in, Dole freezes a character, you have draw a card. And this one doesn't draw a card, but it does have discard a card. It does have Dole Freeze, but it is just a forward. Yep. But those are all both really strong effects. And you play five for Faisalis, and you got to work to make sure that they don't have cards in hand. Rufus just does the stuff, and he can come down for two. It's a little worse, but it's way easier to get on board. And he's got Searchers. And, and he's Al Cid playable. And he's Al Faisalis is not. <laughs> yes. So um, this very easily goes into Mono Ice or especially Ice Lightning. Uh, this card is so gas, bro. What the look at it? And you can, yeah, never mind. It does draw a card. Choose a member of Job Turks and the breaks down into your hand. So there you go. It, it does all the things Vysalis does, but cheaper, and it's easier to get, and it's easier to play. And I don't know if it's sexier. I'll look at the Vysalis art and get back to you on that one, but he is handsome. <laughs> I so Travis, you had said the demon was your favorite personal legend of the set. This is mine. Oh, uh, nice. I'm a huge ice lightning baby. I've always been a lightning baby, but that's just not viable by itself. <laughs> and so with the pr the printing of Al Cid, I've that's like been hey deck number one, go mess with when a new set comes out, right? Uh, and when we when I first just saw the the image of this one, I saw that there were other cards shown, but the image was cropped wherever I had seen it, and so I couldn't see what they were showing in the the Rude and Reno. And so mm -hmm. I just read Rufus, and I was like, "Damn, that's a really good card. Too bad most of the Rudes and Renos suck." <laughs> then I opened the image, and I was like, "Oh, sweet, dope, a decent Rude and Reno that I don't feel too bad playing in in this deck." I immediately started messing with this in Ice Lightning. Now, my favorite part about Ice Lightning, and I'm not generally a discard player, I, I, I kind of don't like the strategy of discard, whether I'm playing it or playing against it. I won't deny its strength. I just don't enjoy that play style. But it's hard to do anything in Ice Lightning without some sort of discard engine just being inherently built in it, right? Yeah. Nero into Weiss, usually a Byblos, you know? Uh, Sephiroth has got his little, hey, I'm going to make you discard here and there type deal, too. Mm -hmm. So it's oh, it's been inherently built in lately. I teched this in, some Renos, some Rudes. I reworked a couple other cards, right, because President Shinra and, and the searching and the color fixing that that gives you with the new Cisne. And so there was a little bit of rework, not just Rufus here. And uh, I've always liked the flexibility of the deck to be able to play an aggressive game if it needs to. Or, hey, you know what? I'm going to build up three or four backups, and then I'm just going to resource drain the shit out of you while I dull everything that's in front of me. I've always liked that flexibility. As soon as I put this kind of little package in there, it was like, uh, yeah, this is just an aggro deck now. Like, this is literally <laughs> boom, 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 discard three. Pass like yeah. it, it became infinitely more aggressive. I don't know if I like it more or not, but I will tell you a little two games yesterday on Octagon while I was testing this. One game was against a water deck. 
as soon as I could see it was a water deck, this was whoops all four words. Like, that's yeah. just like, that's immediately what it turned into. It was Alcid, <coughs> excuse me, Alcid into Sephiroth. Uh, and then it was uh, a discounted or a backup and then a discounted Rufus. And it was just GG. They had three backups down, all dull frozen, one stupid monster, a quad ev I didn't care about, and no cards in hand. Like, the game's over. The second game, uh, I'm assuming was going to be a legend we'll talk about later, Lightning Mira monsters build, maybe with a Rampair thing going on, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they played the Earth backup. They go search Rampair. They take it back to hand. They attempt to pass. I said, in your main two, and I chuck a Sephiroth and an ice card to throw a Sephiroth out on their main two. And they left. <laughs> just, <laughs> they just left. <laughs> they were like, nope, we're done here. I'm having a lot of fun testing with him. And the discard with Lightning, with Byblos, with Weiss, with Sephiroth, it can just reach oppressive levels, Travis. Oppressive levels. Agreed. So I have tested Rufus quite a bit too. Turks was one of the decks I built. Uh, I, I have to say the bad news is I was actually pretty disappointed by the other Turks. Um, other than Cisne, she's quite good, but I don't yeah. really like the new Reno and Rude. However, the good news is Rufus is quite good. Uh, probably one of my favorite turns I had was literally turn one, put down President Shinra, and to pay for him, I pitched, because I have the other Reno and Rude in there as well, yeah. I pitched both of them, go search out Rufus, he's now two cheaper, so I get rid of a single ice card to bring him down, make my opponent discard before they've ever taken a turn. And then I'm threatening, hey, I'm going to keep hitting your hand or, you know, whatever I want. So the versatility on him is great. Uh, I do wish his body was just a hair bigger, but the versatility is good. Uh, you know, like we've said, he's searchable. I think he'd do really well in Mono Ice, as again, Mono Ice has wanted something with this kind of versatility for a while. He doesn't have any restrictions either, like Faisalis, who is a great card, but if they don't have zero cards in hand or they've got more right. than three, she really struggles. So I think Rufus just, he kind of does everything you would want him to. I've been very pleased with him. I actually thought he was terrible the first time I read him because I thought he just did on entry, but he does attack as well. And in particular, I think ice as an element really needs continued value in the modern metagame because a like any card that comes in and does a single dull freeze on a forward, I just don't think that cuts it anymore. Like I think you need something like Rufus, like White Tiger, Lissy Nimbus, like Faisalis that can threaten to keep doing it over and over again. Because just yeah. the one-time dull freeze these days, like. I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, if you're not going to give the element a decent summons game, which it just does not have right yeah. now, then you've got to give it some continual value. I mean, Sephiroth is the best summon in ice, uh, and mm -hmm. that's that's really saying something. I got to give this one a 10, and I'll readily admit, Dylan, that half of that point, the, the one that goes from 9.5 to 10, is just because of personal bias uh, playing it. So fine. I'll give it a 10.5 of that being personal bias. What do you give it? Yeah, I'm going to give it a 9.5. It's just a little above Demon, but that's because uh, Rufus just has some really strong bisexual energy, and that gives it that really extra half point I need. I would I would rub my fingers through his hair. There you go. I mean, that's all you need out of a good card, I think. Travis, what do right. you give it? I will give him my favorite number, which is 8. I think he's very strong on his own. I kind of wish he hit a character instead of a forward. 
Maybe that would have been too yeah. strong. I don't know. The one other thing I will say, and this is kind of the downside of still the Turks package. So I ran into someone playing retainers with this, and they legit went, okay, here's Cecil Noctis. I was like, oh, well, I lose. Like, I have no removal. Uh, they're going to tax me anything I do, and Noctis is going to keep killing my stuff. So, and, and that was kind of the one thing. The Turks still don't really have removal, and that was another thing where I thought of, like, the Dolphries, like... Pushing Cecil to the side doesn't... I need to get Cecil off the field. I need to get Noctis off the field. So I think he's a strong eight. I think he's really good. I still don't know if the package around him is like the thing. Maybe we'll see at this opus. I don't know if Turks are going to be the thing over just kind of better generic ice lightning, but oh, we shall no. see. They and I, do I, don't like think they, I don't think they will at all. I don't think that's even a uh, shot okay. at happening. The I would never build a Turks deck and take it to a competitive environment right now. Like, <laughs> no. No. We would never play Alcid into Seng into Reno into Rude <laughs> off of five CP and hope that nobody does that math and kills us on turn two. Surely. Yeah. <laughs> no, we would do that's that. not going to happen. Yeah. Next up, the other Ice Legend. Let's look at your boy, Locke. Locke, lots of Cat uh, Cat 6 and Cat 4 or Cat 14 love in this set. Uh, and 7, but Locke uh, from Cat 6. 3-drop Ice, 7K. Does X-Burst. When Locke enters the field, reveal the top four cards of your deck. Add one Category 6 character among them to your hand. Return the others to the bottom of your deck in any order. When two or more Cat 6 forwards you control form a party and attack. Locke does not necessarily have to be in that party based on that text. Uh, Locke deals your opponent one point of direct damage. If four or more Category forwards form the party, also break all the forwards opponent controls. So I'm sure if you're anything like me, guys, you started reading this and you were like, yeah, you ain't replacing the five drop lock. Like you, mm -hmm. you just you just aren't. Then you read the rest of this and you're like, mm, maybe, maybe you do. <laughs> maybe or maybe you're in there as part of a tandem, depending on what somebody is trying to do. What are your initial thoughts, uh, villain? Yeah, <laughs> I got it in there. I called him. Uh, I got me. <laughs> um, one CP do a lot of things. Sounds really good. His name being Locke, not my favorite thing sucks. about this card. It actually sucks. <laughs> um, not my favorite thing because I think that there was a really fun, you know, six deck where you run all the six cards and then they do all the stuff. This card, you run most of the six deck. They hang out in parties. Uh, spoiler, Setzer's not a legend, but he feels like he is. Yeah. Um, and then you you just make up the points on party attacking. I still don't know if this is a trap, to be honest, because it like anything that makes you party attack just feels like you're wasting attacks, even though he's making up the damage. I'm I'm still sorting out where he so is with. I would I would agree with you if there weren't other cards in six that also had perks for party attacking. Like in a vacuum, lock by himself, I would agree with you. The the extra point of damage, okay, great. Well, I could have just swung twice and gotten that extra point of damage too. Um, but in conjunction with, you know, like the Celis and, and some of the other stuff that's in this set too, it just, yeah, it, yeah, Locke may do an extra point of damage and that feels bad because you swung two or four or whatever forwards, whatever trigger you were trying to get, but you probably got three other triggers by pulling that off too. Um, does it make it a better Cat 6 deck than some of the stuff we've seen competitively run this season? Uh, that part I don't know, Travis. Uh, well, I'll give you what expertise I can. So I've tested this one quite a bit, too. If anyone knows me, I love Category 6. 
six or what is known as three on the SNES was the very first Final Fantasy I ever played. So it's got a special place in my heart. Every single Ice Six card in this set suffers from the same problem, which is that they all have share names, names. with cards that also do even the setzer. That being said, for what this lock is, it's great. The one thing I don't like is it's actually I didn't realize how lazy the text, the entry text is. It's Strago's effect. It's literally the yeah. it's the exact same effect as Strago. It's reveal four, choose six, and then put it away. I was like, wait, because I played them side by side. I was like, this is the same card. Like, that's kind of weird. Um he, he does get away from the downsides of party attacking, right? That now, because normally you have to lose one point of damage, he makes up for that. I've gotten to do the four-person break everyone. Oh, feels so good. Returners, get of it. Oh, I just absolutely love it. Is he the best lock? I don't know. He's great. An EX burst is great to boot. The art is great. I really hope to get a full art one of these, but... The, of course, five lock is very good. This one does free you up from that deck a bit, though. You don't have to play everything six. You can play Amaterasu. You can play Bahamut, which is what I had in my deck. However, there's something to be said, too, for the old Opus four lock, particularly with this new Celis, that yep. you don't have to spend Interceptor to give it haste. Celis comes in, dulls anything out of the way, and now discard on entry, immediately attack, discard again. Setzer's going to trigger dull, like... I'm just not even convinced this is the best lock, and it's nothing against this card. It just it shows how many good locks and sellers. So that's the real thing I'm still trying to test with all this is which ones are the ones you actually want to use. I know some people say, well, put one of each one in this. Like, eh, I don't know if I rely on that so much. So I think this card's great. I think it does everything you would want the six package yeah, to do. I think special-wise, the only one is Mirage Dive, right? Correct. That's There's no other too, lock yeah. with a, a special that you could fodder them to. Yeah. That's the one. So uh, it, will it be the one to choose over the others? I don't know, but that's probably a good problem think, to have. I think it depends on the... It, this does certainly give six a lot more flexibility as yes. far as what do you want the deck to do? What's your win con, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Do you want to go that old school route where six was fire, ice, primarily a discard deck back in the day, yep. right? You had your Opus 4 lock. You ran your seven drop Sephiroth, like not Cat 6, but he was in that deck. Like, that was what it was doing. Now it's kind of shifted to this, <coughs> excuse me, swarm the board, get just unlimited value off of everything you're playing, have mm -hmm. seven forwards on board, two backups, and holding six cards in hand, figuring out if you want to ditch one and pass. Like, <laughs> that's kind of what the the deck does now. But I, with the, the new party attack stuff does give you some some different options to go with this lock. And it does kind of concern me. It's like, why is the Final Fantasy that's known for having the largest cast? You would look at this game and think there were seven people in that game. If right? you looked at FFTCG, <laughs> there are other characters you can print with some of these words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this one a six and a half bordering on a seven. I think it's perfectly good for what it does. Its name in my book and the way I would run Cat 6 if I was running it I think hinders it to a degree that if it were in my deck, it would be a one of, and it would honestly depend on some other cards first on if I even considered putting this lock in. Like, am I, which Celis am I running? Which, you know, like, which yep. of those are am I running to see if this goes there? So I don't think it has quite the flexibility of some other cards we've discussed so far, so far Dylan. So I'll give it a six and a half. Bit hotter on it. I'm gonna round it up to a seven on my end. Um, 
The card's good. Just because you want to put your hands through his hair again. <laughs> I, I do. I, look, at you just kind of want to hang out with him. This art's gorgeous. I mean, not accounting for my attraction level to lock or not. I think that the art is wonderful. Yeah. Um, I think that the effect is strong and good. I mean, he comes down as a one CP to like probably 95% of the time. Um, I think my, my big issue is why he doesn't get more points on it is that yes, he's good. But again, like the lock thing really cannot emphasize enough is that like, the problem is I want to play three different types of locks at any point in the game. Yeah. I want to play this lock on turn one and two. I want to play like five CP on turns three, four or something like that. Or then I just want to switch to Opus four, like on the turns three, four, five and close out the game. And I can't do both unless I'm playing like ice water, using Leviathans to bounce back locks to play new locks. And that just sounds like a lot of work. Here's, yeah. here's, okay. Here's how you make this a 10 out of 10 card really quick. S ability. Uh, you use the S ability, you immediately swap this card for a card name lock in your hand, and you just get to play the other lock afterwards. Bing, bang, boom. Travis? I'd like to see more stuff like that in general. I know. Uh, he, I, I give him, I'll give him my favorite number again, eight. He gets he gets minus two points, one for the name clash, and two for the lazy repeated text from Strago. Or <laughs> Strago, he just got copied. But other than that, I do really like him, and again, there are a lot of tribals and things and categories that are stuck with, well, this is the only one of that card, so that's what I'm using. So I would rather have this, it's a good problem to have, which lock do I pick, than, well, I'm still using Opus 2 lock because that's the only one that exists. So right. I'll take it. Number, uh, let's go to our first wind one, three drop 7K edge, dual job here, Prince and Ninja. When edge enters the field, select one of the three following actions. If he was actually cast, you get all three instead. Choose a forward, it gains 2,000 power till the end of the turn. Choose up to two cards from either player's break zone. Remove them from the game. Uh, and Edge gains haste until the end of the turn. And then for a few CP and a crystal, you can play Edge onto the field. You can only use that ability during your turn. So no combat tricks here. Uh, well, defensive combat tricks. Uh, and if Edge is in the break zone. Huh. Huh. It took me so long, Dylan, to review this and decide whether I I thought this was good or bad or like I spent probably the most time looking at Edge out of any card to decide if I thought he was worth a damn. Mm -hmm. Just win things, right? I mean, win things in general. It either re reads absurdly brusted or it reads confusingly maybe goodish. <laughs> um. I feel like that's the true identity of wind anymore. Yeah, the so okay. Let's let's start here. Maybe it's not even a wind card. Period. It's a it's a crystal and two nothing card that says play me from the break zone, and that card that's ability kind of cool. I think that the abilities coming from break zone are actually really neat. Playing I do too. Board. I don't love that it's limited to your attack phase, and I think that that's or to your turn, not your attack your, phase, like, but your, your turn. turn right, yeah, right. Um, it, it being limited to your turn does not feel super duper fun um I, I want this card to be cheat like i want this to be cheese and just be like surprise blocker out of nowhere you should have kept up with my crystal count i i like stuff like that so it feeling having that hard limitation of not being a surprise 9k or you know rko out of nowhere um <laughs> it, it does hurt my feelings on it quite a bit but it's a ninja but it's also named Edge, and we're but back it's to also the lock Edge, problem. yeah. So we're right back to the lock problem all over again. Uh, yeah, um, this is a card. It's it, it is a card, Travis. Like, <laughs> did you have to think about this one? 
Uh, think about it in the sense that this is a wind legend, so surely I'm missing something, right? Yeah. Uh, I, f I find this card to be insanely average, and being average is not what you want to be on either a legend or in an Opus 20 meta. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think any of his effects are that much of a knockout. Like, two cards is nothing. Uh, forward who gains 2,000, that's eh, okay. And the haste is like fine, but he's a 7k body, so unless you're giving him the two. And then his action ability really makes me think of Opus 16 Shantoto, who has an incredible action effect, but because it's tied to crystals, you just rarely ever see it. And same thing with this. I'm just not into the whole crystal thing. Like, I think they've already missed the boat on that one, even though they've really tried to support it this set. Like, I, I don't want to have to go into crystals to use this. Like maybe if you could keep recurring and without crystals, I'd like them a little more, but, but none of those effects are just, they're all like combat centric effects and combat tricks have mattered less and less as the game has gone on. So yeah. I love the Omano artwork, but I, I find this card very average. Yeah. And it's one of those things like when you're talking about crystals, uh, Dylan, like you don't really see too much wind crystal generation decks like no. even though the the limited crystal stuff that you do see is usually lightning uh earth uh you know and and particularly like an uh ice lightning you know sometimes you're running the whole lady lilith package instead and you know a melusine and doing some sneaky stuff with that instead of going a little more discard you don't generally like see wind or wind ice or any of the more prevalent let's say meta wind decks investing in crystals in almost any way, let alone a meaningful way. Yeah. And I think Travis makes a very strong point on saying that we have a Shantoto ability from four sets ago that doles all your opponents forwards, and you can do it on their turn. And this is just And it's played like, hey, as Ice's recursion. That's yes. why it's played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Edge is kind of just like, hey, it's me, Edge, on a totally reasonable amount of time where you could play characters anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> I... Yeah... <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I want to like this card. It does have really cool art. It's Somebody's like, going to come up with something sneaky with this one, though, I somebody think. Somebody will. It ain't me. I'm not going to lie. This is this is not my cup of tea of a card uh, and its abilities. Like It has cool stuff going for it, but I tried playing and I tried making decks with it. And it's just like, there's just better things that I want to be doing crystals with. Um, even the, uh, oh gosh. I can guarantee you, none of us should know this card off uh, name off the top of our head, but the wind crystal card that came out with Glaciella, the five CP guy. Um, oh yeah, um, yeah. I almost said Ardbert. No, it's Dario. 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 Yeah. Uh, so Dario has an ability that like breaks forwards and he's like super like hard to kill and stuff like that. Yeah. And like that ability is just better with Glaciella on the board. Now I know I'm like kind of getting stretching my logic here on this one, but. I'm going to be running Wind and Crystals, and I didn't even run that card or that element with these things. Right. Edge isn't the card that's, like, doing it for me. All right, so I think somebody's out there somewhere is going to create something goofy with this thing because it does have some flexibility. But on my rating, I'm going to give it a four. Uh, it is does To me, Travis, I'm right with you. If this was a hero, I'd be like, that's a pretty decent hero. Yeah. Uh, as a legend, I'm like, wow, you're kind of missing something and honestly based on what you do i'm not sure what sentence i would add to you that would fix you <laughs> so i'm gonna give I'll, it a four uh, I'll, I'll match his cost for a three i was gonna give him a two but i'll give him a plus one for the amano art and the one thing you could add to him and dylan kind of alluded to this too literally just put maybe not the word back attack but let me use his action ability on my opponent's turn if i can do that during their combat phase then i'm kind of interested but as he is He's a three. What you got, Dylan? 
Yeah, I'll I'll give him that half point for that sweet tropical tree behind him and that make him a nice dope. Um, I'll average right between you guys. This card, it does not pique my interest. Um, I'll have to ask resident ninja player Amethyst and see what she thinks. She she knows how to assess this better than I do. I think that's the only thing he's got going for him is maybe a place in a ninja deck. Maybe. Right. Uh, then there's the other wind legend, which I wouldn't be surprised if we had some counter thoughts uh, to this one versus what we had for Edge. Seven CP. A lot of people went kind of gaga over this when we kind of... It, it wasn't officially spoiled. It was uh, through like a card of the week thing. It was on a square presentation, so we had to get translations. And then there's so much damn text on this one that we like had to double check the translations. And seven drop, 9K, joining the warring, warring triad jobs. When the goddess enters the field... Place one Doom Counter on all the forwards opponent controls. When the goddess enters the field, at the end of your opponent's turn, break all the forwards opponent controls with a Doom Counter on them. And at the end of each of your turns, remove all of the cards in your opponent's break zone from the game. Now, there's also a little interesting trivia right doom counters are already in the game on a body whether there'll be a meaningful overlap between those two bodies is probably no but you know they it is there doom counters have made an appearance as this set also uh gives shuriken counters to some other characters as well some people went nuts some people were a little more tempered dylan which were you when it came to the goddess I mean, I saw the card art, and boys, it was it was full throttle. I'm on board with it. And then I started reading the text. And then I said, can we get just in full art so that we can see the text less? <laughs> um, this what what spaghetti can like they put onto this card with yeah. this text? Let's put doom counters on it. And then this has to survive until the end of your opponent's turn. And you know, if you watched all of the lovely content uh, providers like Travis and Eureka's stuff breaking it down, that is just too slow for a board wipe, right? That's that's a big no-no for me. And it doesn't, like, here's what really bothers me about it, actually. It doesn't do it at the end of every turn. If Goddess, and I don't know if I'd even love it if it did this, but if it put tokens on, you know, every single turn, like your turn, your opponent's turn, it puts on, like, tokens. So when they replay new forwards... They're always on threat as long as the goddess is there at the end of your turn. Well, to be clear, that second ability does not depend on the goddess being on the yeah. field. Yeah. She can be off the board and they yeah. die. She, she can be like, dead. as If they solve the doom counter, then their opponent tries to end their turn. They are dead, whether goddess is there or not. That's like okay-ish. Yeah. But for a legend, for wind, for seven, I mean, immediate comparisons. You go to the demon and you're like, he goes on the board and kills things. And then he kills things every turn that he lives. The goddess says, we come onto the board, and maybe they'll die if they run into me, or if uh, they just, you know, waiting for the end of the next turn. And then, no more things really die, you know? I mean, sure, you're removing break zone cards at the end of the game, or at the end of the turns. They effectively have no break zone for, right. you know, whatever yeah. they ditch to pay for something on their turn, if they want to recur, they have to do it right then. Uh, like, or during your main one or two. Here's the thing, right? Like, if we're looking at, like, kind of current meta decks, it's like, where do you play this against and feel good? Like, do you play it against water and you get one Tidus for seven and then they they die at the end of their turn? It's like, I kind of wish they died sooner. 
And then it's like, all right, this misses all the monsters. And you're like, all right, who do I get with this one? I get Ice Lightning, they dole me, and then they deal me four points of damage because they have El Cid and four other, like, Turks. <laughs> so it's just, give me a full art, and, and I'll just appreciate that. But, like, the abilities on this card are so missing the point. Travis, you in that same ballpark? Very similar to Dylan, yes. I love the art. I wish you could see the face she was riding on more at the bottom, so give me a full art. But yeah, as a board it when the only time you play a board wipe is when you are behind, which means you need it to do its effect right then. You can't wait for them to go to their turn, suicide in with all the forwards that were gonna die anyway. And then it, it, they can play new ones that aren't affected by it. Like, it'd be one thing if everything they played, it broke. So it actually gave this effect of like, hey, I kind of prevented you from playing forwards for a turn because anything you play immediately dies. Like, but no, like, and uh, honestly, its best effect is the break zone removal because wind doesn't have a ton of access to that. But we're also talking about an element that has been able to turn one Luso people, turn two Luso. Like, it's not like it's struggling to wipe boards. So... I love the art, but yeah, I think this one's just a total miss. Yeah, I got I got nothing to add that you two gentlemen haven't already said. I'm giving it a five, and most of that is the art. Uh, I think Wind, you got the shaft this time around uh, mm -hmm. when it came to the Legends. Uh, but at least, you you know, it could have been worse. could have been worse. You could have gotten a... You know, another card named Cloud. <laughs> just <laughs> another one. <laughs> Let's just throw another one in there, I guess. Uh, let's take a look at uh, Cecil, first one in Earth. Now, this was spoiled a while ago uh, as a card of the week, uh, as well as a Rosa, uh, which I'm sure we'll mention in this discussion. Five drop Earth forward 9K, Dark Knight. You can pay an Earth and a Water instead of paying the 5 CP cost to cast Cecil. If you do so when Cecil enters the field, Cecil cracks you in the face with a point of damage. Put Cecil into the break zone as an action ability, and you can search for any card named Cecil with a job Paladin and play it onto the field. Notice it does not say dull there, which I thought was interesting. I, I would have expected this to come in dull. Uh, and then has a special for a discard of Cecil and one Earth. Choose a forward, deal it 8k damage. So a little bit of fodder, since you are presumably going to be running multiple Cecils in a deck uh, if you are choosing to run this one. Travis, we'll start with you. Sure. Normally, I don't pay much attention to specials because I just find them to be so hard to ever come up. But like you said, you will be wanting to run several Cecils in a deck like this. So here it could actually be relevant because you may actually often have an extra Cecil to play for. Um, he could just become cheaper. That can be fixed by cards like Rosa and Tilica for some reason. And then really, other than that, he doesn't do anything on entry, but getting to search out another Cecil. And I think of Win Cecil. There's old Opus 2 Legend Cecil. Like he has so many targets. There's a new one, obviously. On his own, I don't think much of him, but in combination with Rydia, which is already a card that can just win you the game on its own, that if you play Rydia, you play Cecil and you can swap him out to just, again, you've turbocharged her counters right away. Like specifically with Rydia, I think he's pretty insanely strong and I think we'll definitely see him in that deck. Uh, beyond that, I don't know where I would see him, but I think I would expect to see this pop up in the meta just based with that card. Yeah, and to clarify on this one, because there is a, th there's kind of some confusion on this one, because I, I, and honestly, I was a little surprised by the ruling too on this. Mm -hmm. uh, oh. It wasn't exactly consistent with previous rulings on certain things. Uh, so the auto ability is added to the stack if you pay the Earth Water, but it is possible to pay for that Cecil ability using other options, and by that 
if you have the Rosa that allows you to pay with any element to cast Cecil, then you can do so here. Or if you have Tilica, you can reduce that earth and water to one and pay whichever one you want, the earth or the water. Uh, if you happen to grab him off of the two-drop Wind Zidane, it is possible to pay the 2CP of the preferred element to use effectively that earth-water option rather than pay five to cast him. I was I got to admit, I was surprised by some of those rulings. I was like, wait a minute. You're telling me that Zidane flips that and they can cast it for two and he already fixes the elements. So you're just like, yeah, let me go ahead and chuck this wind card, get a five drop Cecil. And by the way, I'm in wind, so I'm probably running the five drops free play Cecil. So I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and sack this thing and go get that. Like, this is nuts. And then Tilica making it one cheaper and then you get to decide which of the elements you're going to yeah, pay that's with. Yeah, so weird. It was weird to me. I love the card. I absolutely love the card. Um, and I think just the synergy story-wise, right? You know, the whole Dark Knight into Paladin. And that's cool. I love when mm -hmm. the, the game does certain story element stuff like that. It's very, uh, very on brand. Uh, I do like the special. Like you said, Travis, you're going to be running a few of these in your deck anyway. Having the option of going to get one or cracking something, then going to get another one. You know, that does a lot of very, very cool things. I was surprised by some of the rulings. I think he's very, very good. I think there's going to be some weird freaking loops that people are going to create. Matiski's going to have a blast with this one, I'm sure. He's going to figure, yeah, he's going to figure out some fun stuff uh, with this one, and I'm sure other people will too. I'm going to rate this one pretty high, but we'll let you uh, chime in first, there, Dylan. Yeah, um, the rulings coming out on the paying cost on it. Why not? Right? Like that's how it started to get when I was reading it myself. I was like. All right, how do I make this make sense? I was like, well, he's not dual element, so I guess like the water being there really is just flavor, um, so to speak, with it. So if we're saying that he's reducing the cost, like, yeah, I mean, he's an earth forward, so why would you need to pay water? There's, but the more I think about it, the more if I like, I think I'm going crazy, like whenever I start to understand it, because I'm like, it makes sense, but I feel like the mental gymnastics I have to do yeah. to get to it making sense is a bit silly. That being said, um, this card that says put Cecil into the break zone, search for a card named Cecil and would job Paladin and play it out. That Those abilities are always so good. Whenever they have that action thing or you just be like, all right, cool, block. And then if I need to, I'll just sack him, play another forward. And he's not dull. And by the way, it might be one that lets me free play another forward. <laughs> another forward, yeah. Oh, you know by the I way, don't try and target once I'm doing this or you're going to get taxed. Yes. Um, I kind of I kind of love it. I kind of do. That's like a really fun ability. Because, like, again, this is talking about like my complaints with Edge. If Edge had a similar ability to be able to just do stuff like that on, on your opponent's turns, that'd be good. Uh, Cecil can do that. And he plays 9K body into a 9K body. Even on that alone, I'm just like, cool. Maybe we're like just fighting 13 a little fairly on the board for a split second. So... Yeah, this card's sick. The art's sick. The ability's sick. Uh, the only thing sicker than paying uh, two mana for it is paying for one, and then you just pay water just a little, like, all the way home yep. for it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it a nine. I'll echo that. Give it a nine. Yeah. No, you guys are nuts. You're underselling this card. This card's a ten. You think? So <laughs> <laughs> like, 
it, it's hard for me to give it a 10 because there's already so much of this type of recursion, go grab search and free play stuff that you could do in Earth. If he was in another element, I think I would give him the 10. If he was in an element that... The Wind Legend. Could we make yeah. him the Wind Legend instead? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like this, yeah. Earth. Formerly unknown in chat saying the special's recurrable off Robo with backup Cecil and Robo. Yeah, I mean, just... Stonks. Yeah, Ugh. absolute stonks. Uh, yeah. I think I think his element makes him better than he as a card by himself is. So I'm going to give him a nine for just totally backwards logic there because I don't want to give out a ten because I gave out a ten to Rufus. That's why, if I'm ah, really being honest, right? Yeah. All right, I'll give Cecil a nine five. I give him a nine five. You talked me into half a point. The other right. Earth legend we're going to go with uh, was the bane of existence in pre-release. If ah. you pulled this card. You won. Like, it you just won. Uh, now, there is removal in the set that can get rid of her, but it's a pre-release. You got to have it. Good mm -hmm. luck in a lot of cases. One drop Tifa at 9K Brave. Can't become dull by opponent's summons or abilities. When Tifa enters the field, discard two. By the way, if you only have one in hand, yes, you discard it. Uh, two colorless CP action ability. Tifa can attack once more this turn. You can only pay with CP produced by backups to use this ability. Obviously, everybody's already started like trying to funnel through unlimited Tifa attacks with no-no and other various backups that get you activation upon damage and swings, and that's all very cute. But let's look at her in the context of just her, Travis, not what she could possibly do in Christmas land scenarios with three different backups. Yes, sir. Uh, I think not counting limited in standard, she I, I don't really like this card that much. I haven't seen it once. Um, it has some things going for it. It's Avalanche, so it isn't an element to give itself haste right away. It has its own backup searcher that can also give it haste. Uh, I'll kind of echo a little bit what I said on my review with Jared, though, in that like discarding your entire hand is not a place you want to be. And I know this isn't your entire hand, but two cards, people, oh, well, you, you just play everything else out and then play her last. That way you're not penalized. But you, you have nothing then, and you're telling your opponent, okay, do whatever you want to me. Like, just a deck like water alone. Okay, go to combat. All right, Kuchelain, it's gone. Oh, Purim, it's blank. Uh, summon, bounce it back to your hand. Like, that deck alone has so many ways to get around it. And then my other thing is, if she had some sort of protection or on attack effect to make her a threat, I would dig it. But right now, it's a, oh, okay, step Warrior of Light in front of it. She dies. Oh, uh, step White Tiger, Lissy, Nimbus. They, they both kill each other. Okay, where was your big plan then? Like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I am very confident that someone is going to catch me with my pants down and with no forwards or no way to block and I've got nothing in hand or, you know, no counter. And they go, ha ha, bam, 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 boom. And she just final heavens me, you know, into oblivion. But other, and, and it will happen and it'll be funny. Be like, oh, okay, all right, you got me. But like, seriously, competitively, there's no way. Or or you hit an EX burst. Oh, she's dead. Never mind. I know you were going to pay a bunch of CP, but haha, there went your plan. So it's a cool card, but they seem to have this idea that any big body in this game that's cheap has to come with a downside. Has to, has to, has to. And I don't think the game's just at that point anymore. So she's not for me. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'll echo every sentiment there. In Sealed Environment, she was she's a monster. She is an absolute monster if you get her in sealed. Um, again, to your point, yeah, there are a million ways to get rid of her in a standard competitive environment that aren't doll freeze and that you probably, if you are able to do so, 
you're saving them specifically for these are my counters to various things that are in the deck. Oh, it just these counters also just happen to work on her too. Uh, and so I have them. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to see a lot of competitive play. There will be the, the odd cute move here and there that punches you from four to dead. I absolutely agree. In a sealed environment, when while there is removal in this particular set, whether you're playing draft or pre-release or whatever, and you probably do have removal in whatever you built, it's not as consistent as a standard environment to ensure that you can keep that removal for when you need it. Uh, and she's a little bit of a nightmare there. I'm going to rate her a little on the lower side because I'm coming at it from the competitive side. What do you think there, Dylan? I'm not going to lie. This is my favorite card of the whole set. Uh, really? <laughs> this is an 8.5 to like 9 for me, and here's why. Why? Uh, Please tell yeah. me you're not like firmly parked in Christmas land here. Oh, brother, I am so far in Christmas land. <laughs> He's got a residence there. He took out a mortgage. and Giddy up. Give me some memes that are actually kind of good. Okay, so hear me out. Hear me out. Um, I love Nono. I'm an Opus 7 win player at heart, right? So, like, give me an excuse to play Nono into any deck. Easy. Um, you give me a Tifa that's, like, pretty good looking. All right, it's not our best start, but it's, it's up there. And uh, we have an ability that just kills your opponent by punching him in the face pretty often. Flavor. Um... Yeah, this this card is like I'll be the first to admit it's a little meme, but oh, it's it's a, a, it's more than a little meme, Dylan. It's just a smidge, guys. It's just a smidge. Listen, I want if in, if I'm playing Earthwind, I want to. Why run is no she an avalanche operative with a cowboy outfit on? Listen, like, what the art listen, doesn't even make sense. Listen, it's not unrealistic to play No No and Shelk, and then have Earth CP somehow to play Tifa, and then also hope that you deal damage so that Shelk triggers so that you can continually get infinite value, and then just beat them on one turn. But mm. okay, is that a little bit more sure? But if nothing else, let's take let's take all the cheese Mimi cards out of the way. Let's just look at Tifa with five backups. Tifa with five backups is still objectively four to five attacks. You know. Uh, don't do the math with me really quick. I normally know it, but not right now. I'm on stream. So four to five attacks with left unchecked is still not a bad thing. Um, if I, dude, if I play Minwoo and I know we're right back to cheesy three oh drops. Oh my God. We're back to right three Bro, then it's just like 9K. If you don't have 9K, I win. I will just break your board. It's a, it's a better board. Okay. It's a better board wipe than the goddess. You guys got to give me that. I, uh, Unless I have Warrior of Light out, yes, you're right. <laughs> Nobody plays that card. In <laughs> Nobody. Get out of here. <laughs> Nobody plays that. Just play Fenrir. It doesn't get targeted. And if they got Warrior of Light, then I don't know. Play the other Fenrir that breaks Warrior of Light. Actually, I'm just playing this in Fenrir, period. That's it. Just... <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Nine out of ten. You got anything less is is just false and lies. Don't listen Six. to Six. Six. <laughs> Travis. Uh, I'll go to four. Uh. <laughs> then we have the uh, chase card in the set when it with its uh, holographic foiling. Uh, four drop AK Estinian, who is also a scion of the seventh dawn. Warp one for one lightning. He has haste. When Estinian enters the field due to warp, until the end of the turn, Estinian gains Brave and can attack twice in the same turn. However, whenever Estinian attacks until the end of the turn, he's going to go ahead and give himself 10k power and first strike. 
And I feel like half of that preface was probably printed because they were like, mm, God, like, yeah, light, lightning can't do shit against the warrior. Yeah. Like, like, all they can do is kind of dull him and freeze him and hope that that works. And, oh, damn, mm-hmm. Rosa and Asura are taking care of that. Um, yeah. Here's 18K. <laughs> Have 18K. Uh, the card's beautiful. The card's absolutely beautiful. And it is terrifying. I think it is a terrifying card. I put it up there like we've talked about this before. I think the last time you were on Travis, like anytime you see somebody running Lightning X, whatever X is, you always kind of got to go, oh crap, what if they're running one Behemoth K? Yeah. Like what if they're running one freaking Behemoth K? I feel like even if you haven't put them on a, a Scions deck or a deck that'll have two or three of these Astinians in it, you always kind of go, oh shit. They're running lightning. There's a chance there could be one stupid Astinian in there. Yeah. Like you constantly got to be aware of this four drop 8K haste that when it swings, it's actually going to be 18K in first strike. Forget about warping him as just, just take that text by itself. You're like, damn it. That could take me from six to dead real quick. I mean, you could do more than nod there, Travis. The, the, oh, okay. I the, didn't know if that was the, my cue. Yeah, that's <laughs> chat. So, as, uh, as, as my old... It's a video <laughs> podcast. They can't see you nod. No live. As my old favorite deck, Scions, I, this was the first deck I tried out with all the new cards. And yeah, uh, for those of you who like Lightning and feel like it's gotten shat on for a while, you have your best legend in I don't know how long. I it agree. was great in pre-release. I was lucky to pull one there. I specifically didn't play it against my girlfriend because I knew how unfair it would be. In in it's what's interesting too about uh, this card is that you can tell that you you've got a girlfriend and I've got a wife, right? Right. Because yeah. I was like I would put three in there and I was like was all the searchers, right? Like, honey, come yeah. here, sit down. Upper. I want you to see something. I, <laughs> I want to show to you that. Yeah, I want to show you how strong. I'm not worried is. about impressing or being nice anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it's it's the best form of warp they've made too. In that, I I actively want to warp this because warp one is totally okay. Like you know. That way, if they don't have an answer right there and then, they have one turn to find an answer, and then that's it. And then he like makes up for the turn he missed of damage by getting to attack twice. And this is only his third card, so it's almost like they took his Opus Six Legend, which was so cool at the time, and like it just feels like an updated form of that. And I I had him out there with Oracle of Light on the field, and he gets to thirty thousand damage or power on that second swing. You're just like, because that ability triggers every time he yeah. attacks, so it goes up and then it goes up again. Like he's and then to top all that off. If you don't want to warp him, if it's, hey, they're on damage six, boards wide open, slap him on the field, go finish him off. Like, he's going to do what you need to do, but the warp one is just so much cheaper than a card like Behemoth King or, you know, like Ravana, these cards that they wanted you to invest so much into him. The fact that you can just go, one, I'm ready to go. He he excels at what Lightning is supposed to excel at, which is deal you damage. He is going to kill two forwards or he's going to hit you twice and then just continue to be a threat after that. Literally, my only complaint about this card is it's also not Job Dragoon. It would have been really yeah. cool to see him there, but it's my second favorite legend of the set. I think, I think they, I think they would have that would have been a bit much actually if his <laughs> job was Dragoon. I think it would have been a bit much. I kind of like this one, Dylan, in a in a different perspective. Obviously, it's strong. I'm a lightning baby. Already said it. Love it. Great. Mess with it. I really like the warp being one singular lightning. 
There mm -hmm. are a lot of cards, like, let's say you're running four color Warrior of Light good cards, right? Then you're basically off of Ice and Lightning. And you yeah. look at other cards and you're like, man, you know what? I would really love a Shantoto in this deck. But realistically, the only way I'm ever going to be able to play that is if I have Tyro and Shantoto out on the board at the same time. I don't know if that applies here. When you could tech this into just odd decks, I'm not saying it belongs in that deck, but you could tech a one of these in odd decks that have the ability to produce just a singular lightning at any given time and sneak this son of a bitch out. Yeah, I mean, you you just kind of look at this card and read like one uh, one CP break opponents forward or take a point of damage and yeah, pick one. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm way, gonna ask you to pick again. <laughs> yeah, and that way it reads pretty good. And technically, when you warp them, you can attack twice. So okay, take two points of damage or lose one and one. You know, it's like you're at Wendy's four for four, but it's just two for two, right? <laughs> it's just, you're taking damage, you're losing a forward, you're losing two forwards. Whatever your preference is with it. Um, I think my, like, here's my one singular complaint about it, though, is it's not the Dragoon thing because, you know, I like Dragoon players to suffer. Sorry, guys. You guys got too much. <laughs> I got beat up on that stuff by Phoenix. Uh, they can suffer. This is a Scion. Um, my complaint is he stops attacking after twice. You know, Tifa, I mean, 1CP, 9K. You can attack, like, nine times if you really want to, but Astinian can only attack twice, and that's if he's warped. Yeah, so I'm a little less hot on him for that reason. Sorry, guys. I don't know what the hell to tell you. The math is the math. <laughs> I'll give him a nine, Travis. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll give him a nine point five. And Dylan, you and I got to play games later. I want I'm gonna play Scions. You play with your Tifa. We'll see who comes out on top. All right, all right. We'll do. We'll do. In the meantime, this card is still pretty good. I'll give this one an eight. I do love dragons. Uh, actually, I want the the other job to not even be dragoon. I want it to be dragon. So. The other lightning uh, legend is Mira. I, I got to say, I've always loved the uh, playing card art on all mm -hmm. of the FFCCs when they print them. Two drop Mira, 5K forward, Dark Lord job. Interesting. We've seen that before, but it's been a while. Uh, when an opponent's forward enters the field, you may go ahead and just pay one CP and throw a monster out of your hand and break that forward. I don't like what you played, Travis. Here's a CP and a monster. Get that out of here. Put one monster into the break zone. Yes, you have to have control of the monster when the things are worded this way, guys. It can't be yours? Yeah, <laughs> it has to be yours, and it has to be on the field. Uh, play Mira onto the field, Dull. You can only use this ability during your own turn, and if Mira is in the break zone. Uh, I don't know where this is going to land. This is one of those cards that's really hard to kind of evaluate for me. I love the card. I love the idea of what it can do. I love monster decks in general. Mine uh, back in the day was always ice water, but it's over time has kind of shifted to um, water lightning. This goes right into that build. There's very little interaction against monsters in the, the world of Final Fantasy as far as monster hate goes. This could enable some ridiculous crap that just has a hard time losing against most things. Or it could totally suck at the end of the day. Uh, I'm not sure, but it is my single favorite card to want to mess with, Travis. That doesn't mean it's good, but it means it's the one I want to mess with the most. Dylan, I see a lot of nodding, so I'll go to you first. 
Uh, this is my second favorite card, uh, second favorite love agenda of the set, maybe even second favorite card in the set. So unique text that has the potential to be very, very good is my biggest bait. You know, like magic players call it Timmy's and stuff like that. No, 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 no. Like I look at this card. First of all, it has a full art. So 10 out of 10 there for me. Yep. Um, but the big thing there for me is that it's colorless effectively. If you put a monster in the breaks and you can play mirror, you don't need to play lightning. Cause frankly, I like lightning cards. I just don't like lightning element. Um, that purple stuff, not the best element when we're talking about elements a lot of times. So Sad face. Yeah, you could play it just by t- like tossing a monster feels really good. And the ability to just prevent things from coming onto the board, like they come on and then it's just like, all right, mirror snipe, mirror snipe, mirror snipe. I think that's just like, it's so good in theory. It's a theory card. Yeah. 100%. A card, I'm still working on it, but it's, it's fun. I mean, I just think it's fun, if nothing else. And, and you know what? If you play card games for fun, you should explore and play Mira because that card just, yeah, that's it. That's fun value right there. Yeah, I actually wish she cost three. Uh, only because there's so much two-cost hate in the game right now that I'm yeah. like, yeah, I need true. you to stick to the field. And there's a lot of stuff that costs two that people are teching against right now that you're just automatically caught in the crossfire. That said, I would feel terrible paying three for her. <laughs> I would feel absolutely <laughs> terrible paying it, Travis. But I just wish she had a little more safety from the two drop snipes that are going after, you know, like light lightning right now. Yeah. Yeah. Two cost 5K. You, you, your opponent can sneeze and she's going to fall off the field. Man, it it's cool and it's got so much potential. But for as much excitement as I heard around this card, I haven't seen a single person playing it, and I haven't seen anyone testing with it. Doesn't mean they aren't, I just haven't seen it. Oh, for God's and, sakes, dude, you're saying that like the set doesn't come out tomorrow. Oh, I, I'm like, just saying, <laughs> but we've had, it, we've had it online for a while, and I've watched a lot of people playing stuff online. They haven't been playing Mira. And she also reads, so it's pay three to break the forward. The thing is though, but it doesn't, like most, a lot of forwards nowadays, have on entry effects. So if I play three CP Zidon and you break it, I'm still taking the best card out of your hand. Right. If you, if I play Warrior of Light and you, well, I'll pay three to break it. Okay, well, I still reactivate, draw. Hey, there's the next one. Here you go. Like, and having monsters specifically in hand to discard, like how many monsters do you run to make sure she has ammo? Yes. Don't get me wrong. I want to see this thing succeed. I would love the to be. The answer is at least 16. Right, yeah. yeah. There you go. I mean, so, like, legitimately, that's almost the math. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's that's a lot of monsters, which monsters can be really successful, too. So I, I would love to see this thing succeed and, like, wow, Mira is super great and super competitive. But there's so much going against her that I'm also not going to be surprised if we never see her. So I'm, I'm still kind of in the middle on this one. Like, the jury's still out for me on this one. I can't rate her, guys. I can't give her a one through ten. Like I gotta, I gotta wuss out on this one. <laughs> I, I am so unsure. I want this to work. It's one I'm gonna be digging and trying to get to work, and watching other people. I want to say ten out of ten, just because I've been excited about this card since it was spoiled. But through that whole competitive lens, I don't think I can rate it yet. I don't. I just don't think I can, Dylan. Um, on my, on a competitive level, if I'm going to be a real, a real sweaty about this, this is probably a seven out of 10. 
but I don't think you're being unfair there. Like I, 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 I don't have a counter to that that says you're wrong. I, I think I, you're pretty on par. I'm just not to ready build, to lock it in, I guess. You have to build around the whole card. And monsters, especially within water, have been, you know, pretty prominent players in, in our meta for sure. Um, but again, it's it's like results may vary. Um, to be that being said though, pitching monsters, I mean, other than like the water monsters, God, nothing feels better than getting rid of that monster in your hand and then it kills something. I don't know. I kind of like that. But for my own personal interest in the card, it's definitely a 10 out of 10 one. So I'll average it at like an 8.5 just for that specific reason. Travis? I'll give her a five right down the middle just because, again, I'm not really sure where to put her. There you go. Uh, the Fiend, our first water legend, and we'll, uh, we'll pick this up a little bit here because I think these last few are pretty easy, actually. Uh, the Fiend, well, there's one we might have to debate about a little. Uh, the 4-drop 8K, this is our another another warring triad. During each turn, your opponent casts, when your opponent casts a summon for the first time in that turn, cancel its effect. Cool, pretty dope. Damage 3, during each turn, when the Fiend is chosen by your opponent's ability for the first time in that turn, cancel its effect. Cool, pretty dope. Damage 5. The Fiend gains 1,000 power, brave, and if the Fiend is dealt damage less than the Fiend's power, the damage becomes zero instead. Those are all great lines of individual text, but adding them all up and putting them on one body, Dylan, do you end up with a good card? I think, what is it that, uh, what the UK players are always saying? They see four CP, they uh, see NA LOL, I think is N. what they're saying. True. Oh, the other thing that UK players are always saying. Oh, okay. They're always just saying four CP, AK, bro. That's a, that's a black, uh, that's a black belt, bro. You know, in it is, you know, something in that effect. Um, this is a black belt that says, hey, I'm surprised General Leo with more things later. Um, I want to. I want to put this card down. I don't want this card to be good. I won't lie to you. I don't want this card to be good. Um, so I'm gonna. If anybody's listening, I'm gonna skew it right here. All right. Um, it's bad. Look at it. Four CP, eight K. Like, all right. You played against thirteen nine K bodies or what you're swinging against. It loses there. You play it against Ridia. Okay. They they cast a cheap summon and then they just Ridia blast you into oblivion. Doesn't even stop that. Maybe you stop one one CP Alexander and then they Asura the next turn. It's like, okay, the big summons, maybe you stop it, but they're playing big summons for free. The small summons, they have enough small summons where they're going to get the second one. It's mildly annoying at best. And and um, two of those are auto abilities that are immodable. Exactly. So then it's just like, I mean, come on. Um, the best part about this card is that it's category six. That's it. Uh, you just play it in a six deck, and maybe it feels a little better than General Leo if you want to play the Ice Water variant. This one hasn't uh, felt great for me, Travis, in testing. I, I expected this to feel a lot better than it has so far. Uh, and I think the reason is the clear separation between its base effect and its damage effects. Its base effect is pretty dope, right? Hey, mm -hmm. you're going to have to cast at least two summons if you want to get value out of any summons. Or get rid of this guy and waste removal on it, then be able to cast your summons. And the, while the damage three and damage five triggers are good, they're good for the fiend. That first effect is good for your board. Damage three and damage five are good for the fiend. And that's where I started to feel real difference actually testing it. You don't want to play this dude before you're on damage three. Like, you just don't. 
It, it is a four drop 8k that every time I got in my hand before damage three, I was like, look, I'm going to hold on to you for a turn or two, uh, but then I'm probably going to ditch you for water CP. Uh, and maybe I'll get you later. I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it, I wish those were a little more globally protective. Uh, then I think this is a better card. You might hate that if they were globally protective. That True. might be the opposite of fun. Uh, so the only place I've tested this is six doing a tricolor six in there. It's really good just because I'm messing it with warring the triad. Uh, no, I just did uh, Demon and Fiend because they fit. It was just fire, ice, water. I didn't bother with the wind. You can just say they're the only playable of those warring <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But So you need a certain amount of water cards to fill out the water in six. Again, it fits with any of the lock or the party triggers or all that. And the thing is, too, uh, again, it could be a black belt, though, of course, depending on what you're going against. I think it's hard to appreciate how much this card does because... Your opponent is never going to, with the Fiend on the field, go cast Hecaton Kyre for five. Oh no, it got canceled. Curse you, Fiend. They're just not going to do anything, which makes it seem like the card doesn't do much, but it actually is. And if you ask them later, my opponent said, yeah, I had the summon in hand, but like it, there was no point in using it because you had the Fiend. So I think it kind of has a little hidden value in that, and that, again, you're not going to see them make this big play and then you counter it like a Yu-Gi-Oh trap. So... I like him. I agree. You know, there are certain decks he's not going to be good against, but in those matchups, I just don't value him as much. There are some matchups he's going to really put a damper on. So I'm hoping for good things for him. I think he will be good in six, regardless of anything else. Yeah. But I think you will also see him at least in a few other decks. I'll give him an eight. I'm going to go seven. I think it's wonderfully average. Maybe a I'm little better than average. I'm going to go two. This card's bad. Don't play it. I don't want to get played it against me. It's bad. Just play it. It's two. Next question. <laughs> You're not supposed to use my show for this. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Water Legend Yuna. Another one that gen generated quite a bit of buzz when it was first spoiled. Uh, 5 CP, 8K. Okay, that doesn't feel great, but let's dig in a little further. When Yuna is chosen by your opponent's ability, you can discard a summon. When you do so, cancel that ability's effect. When you cast a summon, draw a card. This effect triggers only once per turn. Notice it does not limit itself to your turn. It's just once per turn. And wholly special to choose a forward deal 3k damage for each summon in your break zone. What do you think, Dylan? Holy as gas. This card's a 10 out of 10. No. Um... This card is goodish. Uh, yeah, five, eight, and a Mont territory doesn't feel lovely. I'm not gonna lie about that. Um, that being said, if we always ruled cards out based on the fact that they could die to a <laughs> that they're immodable, <laughs> yeah, then we wouldn't play this game. So um, I always make that argument to say that, like, all right, can they get me with a Mont? Sure, potentially. And will they maybe get me with a Mont because I'm gonna keep triggering draws? Probably. I know everybody complains that it's like we go back to Name Clash and Yuna and we'd rather play the backup, yada, yada, yada. But I don't know. I'm I'm actually kind of high on this card. I think this is a card that I really want to play in something like Wind Water and then just recarry Rinas and play um, like Lulus and then you just run a bunch of summons. And that just kind of sounds kind of fun. Um, if nothing else, we're drawing cards. It feels good. And something about the idea of Holy dealing 30,000 damage to an Istinian on his second attack just feels like <laughs> <laughs> to me, you know, like. it is uh, it is interesting. 
I do like the, hey, every time I cast a summon, I'm effectively drawing a third card every single turn. And by the way, let me go ahead and sneak one in on your turn occasionally. Realistically, I think, Travis, what? You're going to get, you know, two cards off of this at most before your opponent says, okay, that's enough. Like, <laughs> I didn't have the answer the first two times. I finally drew it. Get this thing out of here. <laughs> like, that's enough of this. Holy is pretty balls crazy. I don't like that it's named Yuna because, unfortunately, the best decks that it's going to go in are the ones that kind of value that Yuna backup, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of water summons are priced because Yuna exists, so they don't feel really good at face value. They only feel great with that minus one discount. I don't think Yuna backup's a great thing for the game and never has been. And I said that years ago, and I stand by it today. This is a pretty dope Yuna, though. I do like this card. I'm going to rate it really high, Travis. Probably give it like a nine. Anything that lets me cast a summon and draw a card is is good in my book. Nice. Well, I, I guess I'm in the minority. I don't get this card at all. I, I don't think this card's very good. It's a pay five, do nothing. There are certain cards I understand wanting to protect. The Demon, Rydia, you know, Fire Winds of Dawn, Yuffie. Those cards will take over the game if left unchecked. If you don't do anything to this Yuna, what is she really? I mean, she's drawing an extra card per turn. If they spend extra resources for a summon, we have a card called Lakshmi, which just gets right, to the end I'm of the not, turn. I'm not spending money on a summon to simply draw the card. Well, I get that, but like, I don't I'm know, getting man. value like, out of the summon first. It's just a sure, perk. I, I Ideally, right? Ideally, that's what you're doing. Says the that guy that has up. cast Mist Dragon on turn two simply to try to draw into a backup. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but but that's not an ideal play, is it? Like, and don't get me wrong, Holy is very good, but again, it's a special. Okay, presumably you're only going to be running three of this Yuna, so like that just doesn't come up very much. Yeah, I would love fair. to be wrong because the art is obviously very good, and I love Yuna. She's one of my favorite Final Fantasy characters. But I just, I don't see what is worth protecting about this card to start pitching cards from your hand to keep it alive, to draw those cards that you can pitch. She She's not going to get through a 9k, a 10, she doesn't attack. Like, I don't know. I, I, someone proved me wrong on this one because I don't get this one at all. I would rate it pretty low, probably like a 4 or a 5. Give this like a, I'm going to give it an, I'm going to rate it higher than I probably should. I'm going to give it an 8. The art's really good. I want to play the S ability, and Travis, you gotta—you can't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. You gotta play more Unas. I'm playing like nine Unas with this card. Yeah, don't be like... afraid to dream bigger and put three no nos and three Tifas. <laughs> yep. Like it's—it's it's almost all in the same deck now. Uh, our first uh, light or dark legend here. Although I oh, apparently I have the wrong art on this one. Hold on. We'll get there. Did I not pick the... Okay, here I we see go. a Stinian. Line yeah. change. There we go. He's uh, got a dragon on it. Five drop Shinryu, 9k. If your opponent controls three or more forwards than you do, the cost required to cast Shinryu is reduced by three. Gets brave, and when Shinryu enters the field, you may search for one card, anything you want, and throw it in your hand. And then a special for a discard of Shinryu and six... Generic CP, break all the forwards opponent controls. You can only use that ability during your turn. Another card that caused quite some conversation when it was first revealed, Dylan. Were you uh, were you high on this one at all? Bro, I love dragons. Yeah, uh, I know. I'm so mad that there's not more dragons in this game, unrelated. But uh, <laughs> I really like this card. This card can get cheaper, which is nice if I'm losing. 
then I get to play him and I, get I to already grab saw him. chat say Medine. Like I didn't even yeah. see the rest of the comment. Yeah. I knew Medine was coming up. Medine is going to come up and that's great. Um, most of the time I'm probably just grabbing another one of these Shinryu's and hoping to God I had three other cards in hand to, to board wipe. Um, if it's not that, here's why this card is like super great. Um, you put it into something like Suarez, right? And it's already running like three Tiros, three Thordans. What's another two Shinryu? Maybe even just three. You just have nine cards that search cards or whatever you want. Like at that point, you're just running Moogles with bodies at that point. Um, my other big thing on this card is that uh, it you play it in the Tifa deck, you immediately search Nono, you search Shelk, or you search Tifa, and you don't have to worry about all the Avalanche garbage. It's uh, it's lovely. I like it. If it's going to be a light card, this feels like a card deserving of being a light. I'll put it that way. I think there's a proper amount of power behind it for that reason. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair, Travis. And then it obviously comes with the same downsides that light and dark cards always come with. Very true. I have soured on light and dark as of late. It's just, man, the amount of times they come up at the wrong time and you needed to be able to pitch yep. for the extra CP and you can't. However, I think Shinryu is one of the better ones. It's one I've gotten to test with. I've seen people test it, etc. Of course, there's the Medine combo. I think it it's one of the few times a special is relevant because you can directly go get the other special. And I think that is what will make this card live or die is just kind of the way the game works around the search effect that it goes on the stack that is their chance to respond yep. so if they kill it in response you then just search out whatever else you want if they don't and you need the board wipe then you go get the board wipe and i think the fact that they then don't get another chance of priority until you're already you're going to do whatever it is so like the medine if your plan is i'm going to go get medine and they kill shinry on the stack you just don't go get medine then because now you can't cast it like so i think that little interaction is what gives it its power that you get to react to what your opponent does and then they're stuck they've just got to deal with whatever you decide for it so it's it's a good card yeah i don't know where i rate it though uh, light and dark cards are always hard for me to rate because it, yeah. again looking through the competitive lens like you look at the current competitive landscape and you're like i feel like you have a place but not in any one particular like more prevalent meta deck I just feel like maybe you could be teched into some of these decks here and there. Mm -hmm. But then a lot of them are so, like, you know, if you're running four-color good stuff, ugh. like, just even the thought of putting any light or dark in there just scares the yeah. hell out of me with how consistent you have to be to get your colors online. Like, you start to hurt efficiency in a big way. Where I think maybe it gets a little easier if you're messing around with mono water, right? And and mm -hmm. you have that continuous draw. You're not really worried about colors. You don't have to color fix and stuff like that. I, I think it could be teched into a lot of those. I just don't know to what effect. Uh, whether the payoff would be worth it. So I, I'm going to put them at a six and a half, a seven now. I like the card. I like the design. It suffers from the usual light, dark stuff. Yeah, And I don't know if we're going to see a ton of play in at least the current meta because I think a lot of the more competitive decks right now are going to value consistency over novelty in the board clear here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll match you with the seven same. I don't think there's anything wrong with any of his techs. It's just light and dark has just felt worse and worse every set, especially compared to multi-elements. man. Yeah. What do you think, Dylan? Yeah, um... I think it's going to be the first time we all line up. We're going to hit that lucky slot 777 on this one. Yeah, uh, buddy. 
the art's sick, the job's sick, the the text is sick. What's not sick is paying five, seeing a five cost light card that you can't pitch from hand. Yep, at the wrong time, and I know me, I will get it. <laughs> That's why I'm not a Chaos Arc player. 4-drop Xenos at 9k is the dark card. You can cast him from your break zone. Please make a mental note. That is a cast. That is not an ability. That is not like some of the other cards where you can do X or pay Y to revive it and do it as a combat trick. This is not like an army of one Xenos thing. <laughs> that is cast. So you bring him to the break zone during your main one or main two when it would be legal to, you know, cast Xenos. Uh, when Xenos enters the field from the break zone, at the end of the turn, remove Xenos from the game. Whenever Xenos enters the field, choose one forward of cost three or less. Break it. Uh, when it's put from the field into the break zone this turn, select one of the following two. Your opponent discards a card or Xenos gains haste until the end of the turn. Uh, I actually pulled this in my pre-release kit at one of the pre-releases I've attended so far. We get another one nice. uh, this weekend. It was kind of interesting the way he played, and we weren't exactly sure on a ruling uh, on him yet. It hadn't officially been tweeted or in reply. So we kind of treated it like we've seen other effects, right? Like if Xenos has that ability that at the end of the turn he's going to be removed from game, if he dies and goes to the break zone before that, then he stays in the break zone. We've, yeah. we've seen other cards have that effect, and you know we're all pretty well-versed in them as far as myself and one or two other locals. So we were like, that's probably going to be the ruling. We don't have it officially, but keep him in the break zone. He does not get removed from the game. That is, in right. fact, the case, right? Uh, if he's right. on the field at the end of the turn, he does become RFG. If you truck him into a Warrior of Light just to then ping and kill the Warrior of Light or do whatever you're going to do, tricky-wise stuff, he goes to the break zone, and you can again cast him. Kind of, again, thematically neat uh, for us 14 fans and that Xenos just doesn't die. Like, he just keeps he coming just back. He <laughs> just keeps being the main villain. Yeah. No. I mean, Fan Fest kicks off tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure, you know, we all want to see some good stuff from there. I don't want to see Xenos. Like, I just, yeah. I just don't. <laughs> Uh, it's a fun. It was a fun little card in pre-release. I can't imagine actually putting it in a deck. Like, I just, you're neat. But there's better things I can do with 4CP that aren't going to brick my hand, I think. Uh, and, and you know what? If I'm going to run 4CP Dark, I, it just keeps coming back to this, right? Are you better than Kadaj? No. Yeah. You just aren't. What do you think, Travis? I, again, similar to Shinryu, like, all of his text reads well, and I love the art. I love the smirk he's got on his face, but I just... I'm just down on light or dark, and what you said, if I'm going for dark, I'm going for Kadaj. He's he's harder to deal with, his effects are more versatile, and if I'm going to pay 4 CP for light, I think Titus is better. Titus has an EX burst, he hits 5 or less, so he's got 2 more range. Um, I, I, I mean, the discard and the haste is really neat, but yeah, again, it's just, I don't think there's anything wrong with this card, but I just, I'm just falling away from the light and dark cards, so he's just not for me. Dylan, you with us? Are we all on the same page again? Did we all just become best friends? Uh, we're working on it. You guys got to change your opinion on Tifa. Uh, <laughs> Naturally, we've we've got to got to or grow out more hair that you want to put your fingers through. One of the yeah. two. Travis, you got plenty it. of hair. Yeah, I'm doing it. Dinos is definitely get the fingers through the hair, boys. Uh, no, this card, I'm I'm on the other end of it. I think on a card that's a recurring threat if they don't remove your break zone. Now, yes, there's a lot of breaks on, but going back to my argument of a Amaterasu, it's like, all right, well, what if we just misdragging you? And I'm just like, okay, oh my God, we can't just do this all the time, boy. 
Right, but so, is he actually the recurring threat that you think he is? Because you I, have to get him murked. Yes. So here to continue my, him like, being a recurring threat more than once. Here's my pipe dream situation for this card in specific. Okay. Uh, Thirteen. Right. So they have hope. Not playing him in it, but playing. Oh, him I was like, it. what? Yeah, I saw Travis's skepticism there for a second. So hear me out. 9k is what the first uh, hope is going to swing for. If they swing with Noel, I'm just losing anyway. Still doesn't matter. But uh, if they swing with hope and that's 9k, boom, uh, you know, they're running into Xenos. And hopefully by then it's just like save me a point of damage. I kill one of the 13 boards. I replay him. I kill the lightning or I kill the whatever. And it's just like that little one to two points over the period of the game is going to be one or two turns that you desperately need against a deck like 13. Yeah. That card in and this card in specific just says I'm gonna just keep on fighting you thirteen and if it if it keeps me alive long enough to like stabilize and then let me say like I don't know let's let's hypothet like hypothetically let's play some mono water and I'll just throw some fanfrits in there to jank it up a little bit here because who knows what mono water looks like right now and it's just like okay cool uh, reoccur Zenos all right kill one of your forwards uh, swing maybe I get a point that's just icing on the cake if it doesn't I just discard you. And then you have to keep running forwards and they either have no cards in hand and I survive and I win or I keep breaking their forwards and I stabilize and I win. So for that one very specific, very important and common matchup, I would say I'm high on this card. Um, But yeah, I just like cards that keep coming on back. You know, don't stop coming and you don't stop coming. and That's this card. So. I like it for that reason alone. I think I got to give it a six personally. If I was going to run one of these two, I feel like it would be Shinryu. Uh, just slightly more than Xenos. I do love his effect. His art is amazing. I wish the zoomed out art was the default art on this one. Yeah. Uh, not the, the zoom in view we have here. What do you think, Travis? Last card in the Legends. I was going to go five, but I'll go six as well, because actually I didn't realize that if he died, he goes back to the break zone. And I I do kind of like Dylan's idea, too, of like, hey, what if you just bring him in, do his thing, you fam frit, he's there again, and you kind of have this just repeated effect of, so that alone made me bump him from a five to a six. I may have to try that. We got him there. What do you got, Dylan? Uh, I'm I'm gonna go on an eight on this one. I'm gonna put him above Shinryu for the reasons I've listed. Shinryu is great, but it's also like, all right, how do I survive if I have four extra cards in hand? One of those being the Shinryu I just drew. Sure. Uh, you know, Xenos is just pitch two, survive a little longer. Pitch two next turn, survive a little longer. I like my payments over months. I don't like one bulk. <laughs> it's like to finance my exactly. my Final Fantasy TCG future. That's Correct. Good. That's going to do it here for our review. Did you agree? Did you not? Let us know your favorite legends from Dawn of Heroes in the comments below. And if you're celebrating pre-release a little bit late, some of our friends up north kind of got shanked on their kit, so I know they're having some this week. We've got some more in the United States here, at least in my neck of the woods, going through this week, Monday and tu- or Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Let us know how events are going for you in the comments don't go anywhere right after the stream miss Faye death is back what's up Faye? oh hi 
How's it going? Hey, you fixed things. Like last week, there was a. I did. There was like a, an Oppenheimer outage or something. What happened there? Yeah, um, something went really funny with my capture card, and I could not figure out for the life of me which setting it was. I figured I just just fried the thing. Um, but this week, I found the magical checkbox in the system sound settings to allow the computer to listen to the device, which uh, fixed uh, most of our sense. So very good. What I'm are we playing better. tonight? What are we playing? Uh, we're back in Pokemon land, so I can celebrate my victory over the capture card situation. <laughs> Sounds good. Chat, don't go anywhere. Right after the show, give us a minute or two to change some settings and bring up a new VOD for you, and you can hang out with Faye for the rest of the night. We'll be back next week with our normal hosts. We'll be talking about the Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest kicking off tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern, with the keynote, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Can't wait to see expansion details potentially new job and story beat details as we go along through the keynote, the live letter, and everything else. And, of course, Tark will be back from the event live to share all of his experiences. Travis, it's uh, it's been a pleasure having you, my friend. As always, time to plug your shit. Where can everybody find you and what you're doing, whether it's FFTCG-related or not? Likewise, thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. Check out my channel on YouTube. Uh, it's technically, I think, underscore Ghost Eighty Eight. But if you just type in Rudros FFTCG, I'm gonna come up. We do deck techs, uh, player interviews, set reviews, match casts, uh, octagon matches, anything you can think of. So if you like FFTCG, maybe a music video thrown in here and there. Feel free to come check it out. Thanks so much for having me. Have Always a, a pleasure, Dylan the Villain Camacho. It's been awesome having you on Ready Check Radio the first time ever. Appreciate it. Hope you will be willing to come back. The legend yeah. sets are always a little longer than normal, but they're always a lot of fun. Thank you so much for stopping by. Where can everybody check you out? Yeah, they can uh, check me out over on the FN podcast. That's on YouTube. If it looks like it's like 50 subscribers and it looks like a scammy kind of channel, that's us. That's exactly <laughs> the kind of vibes we're going for. Uh, make sure to put your social security and credit card information in the comments below. Uh, that's over there where I'll do a lot of, um, yeah, I got some humor and some funny content for Final Fantasy, but lately I've been really trying to focus on some meta relative talk, um, really talking about my experiences going through the tournaments and really getting, uh, other players who do much better than me and talking about their experiences. Cause that turns out to be a lot more fun for everybody, but yeah, that's where you can catch me. Also check me over on Twitter or X or whatever it is now. There it is, right? Oh, now, we're still we're... leaving the blue Twitter bird yeah, here. Yeah, we're rebels. Back. Yeah, catch me over on that X site, not the ones that you think. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally on Twitter right there, MagicMan1. But more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O, so you'll know every time we're going live with a podcast, talking about Final Fantasy TCG, playing it live, or just hanging out gaming with any one of our wonderful volunteers who stream and hang out. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers.